Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I had no expectation. I just went with an empty mind. I had no idea what I was going to find. We ended up at 54 Gandhi Road. I walked up and the curtain opened and this very beautiful face appeared. Return to Gandhi Road is clearly a labour of love involving the family of a Buddhist teacher called Kanya Rinpoche, a number of his Western followers, and at least one New Zealander, Kim Hegan. Kim is part of the Hegan show business dynasty, and his daughter, Yeshe Hegan, has directed this documentary. I hadn't had anything to do with Buddhism for 20 years or so. I found a book on Buddhism in the sandals. I, I, I got up and wrote the, the, the title, you know. The story of Return to Gandhi Road is told partly by Kim, partly by the family and disciples of Rinpoche. In fact, there are two stories. One of Kim returning to the house in Darjeeling, India, where Rinpoche established a Buddhist monastery. And the second, how and why they got there from their home in Tibet. It seemed to make a lot of sense to me. I decided India was a place to go. And I got a ticket and set off to spend three or four weeks in Darjeeling. Kim was part of the wave of Westerners attracted to northern India during the 60s and early 70s. Often the way in was musical. Kim himself played the sitar pretty well to my ear, and the subsequent search for meaning and truth often led, then and now, to Buddhism. I was sitting with my hands, I don't know what to do with it, you know. <laughs> and uh, Rinpoche was, uh, was laughing at me. Rinpoche's reputation preceded him as a teacher and holy man, but also for a more tangible achievement. When the Chinese government started to crack down on Tibet, particularly Tibetan Buddhist leaders like Rinpoche and the Dalai Lama, life became increasingly dangerous. About five years before the 1959 Cultural Revolution in Tibet, he wrote to the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama felt he should go and that he should also take with him a copy of the Kanjur. Kanjur is the actual scriptures that are the words of the Buddha. The family packed up and took off, and by packed up I mean gathered together an extraordinary collection of writings, enough to fill two trucks, and drove them through the narrow passes of the Himalayan mountains to safety. These were the collected teachings of Buddha. In Tibet they were being destroyed. If you didn't bring them out, they would be lost. Kandrilache, his family, 84,000 teachings, filling 18 trunks into some of the hardest territory. Now, my knowledge of Buddhist texts is essentially limited, but it seems I'm not alone in this. The teachings of Buddha himself seem to be scattered all over Tibet and beyond. As far as I can tell, there's no one Buddhist Bible, a finite book containing all necessary texts. In fact, whenever a new collection of sayings is discovered, it's a matter for celebration. In the 1950s, there were a lot of Tibetans leaving the country. Kanjur Rinpoche realised that the Buddhist teachings, until then, which had been preserved by Tibetans, were in danger. Rinpoche and his family brought his mostly handwritten and extraordinarily beautiful books and scrolls to Darjeeling, where he set up his monastery in Gandhi Road. And this is where Hegan and other Westerners sought out their new teacher. 
like all the Western students, we only knew him for a very short amount of time. But that very short amount of time was life-changing for all of us. Interestingly, the followers, including Kim Hegan himself, don't fit the general impression of hippy-drippy stoners from the psychedelic 60s. Many of them are French academics. They're all practical, well-read and rather intellectual. There's sort of various clichés about meeting your guru. You know, like, it's like we always knew each other. The aspiration was, could I become even a little bit like this person? I just wanted to be like him. And their individual spiritual quests were by no means smooth. Hegan himself lost his faith entirely when he had a sudden epileptic fit. He came back to New Zealand and had nothing to do with Buddhism for years. It took the death of Rinpoche to urge him to return, with his daughter and film crew in tow, to the scene of his early awakening. He was like no one else I'd ever met before. He had crystal clarity. He was just someone who was obviously uh, a master. Like most spiritual journeys, Return to Gandhi Road is clearly of most importance to fellow travellers, though many of them are entertaining company along the way. The film is the result of years of work and some solid crowdfunding. There was huge dangers, 10% of Tibetans who crossed the border and caught fever and died. He had no ambition then to serve others. This treasure that they have is not bound by culture or gender or tradition. It's for everyone. Rinpoche himself remains inevitably elusive, though the few film clips of him show a gentle, smiling presence. However, the love he continues to inspire is undeniable. One for seekers, in other words, and Candy Road is an interesting companion piece to another recent return trip to the spiritual 60s, Romantic Road. He thought that we should do the practice. From that point on, the practice of Dharma has spread. These books were so precious. For my father, it was the most important thing. 